0: Welcome in, everybody, and thanks for joining us for the PHNX Suns post-game show. Ah! Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Welcome to the dive bar. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe over you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. Cracking one open already? Oh, yeah. A
1: tall, a tall boy, too. <laughs> a tall boy of fucking liquid death. Liquid death? <laughs> it's just <laughs> fucking water. <laughs> that's, that's a hard stop for oh, me right now. To be
0: fair, I didn't know it was liquid death <laughs> when I asked the question. I just heard the crack.
1: Oh, my Which God. Which I don't blame many of
0: you if you are cracking one open right now either because that's four in a row. Y'all, the Phoenix Suns lose to the New Orleans Pelicans again 129 to 124 this time in overtime let's get into it gentlemen our three points of the game espo would you like to start us off
1: sure for me it's 44 37 that is the sun's bench points to the pelicans bench points they showed heart tonight this bench unit came out and and won won that fight by seven points a thing that we did not see on friday night that they needed and that's the reason this team was even in it at the end that they could even go to overtime was because of the heart and hustle shown by the bench
2: yeah mine is uh points in the paint on friday they were outscored 72 to 38 in points in the paint today they still gave up 70 points in the paint but they showed a lot more fight and they put their money where their mouth was as far as attacking the rim they got 64 points of paint today Unfortunately, it was tied at one point, 60-60. And right when the Pelicans kind of pulled away in OT, that's when they won the points in the paint battle. So against this team, that is a pretty good indicator of how well they're playing.
3: Mine is 12. That's the combined fouls for both DA and Chris Paul. Uh, it just, the lack of inconsistency from the officials continues to bite this team in the ass for whatever reason, uh, DAs fouls from Belanchunas were just so ridiculous. I I don't even know how to say it. And then if it weren't for, uh, you know, a contested, uh, foul call on, um, uh, on Zion Williamson, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just so ridiculous how, how this is going, you know, like. Zion can be so aggressive, and the Suns can't be aggressive, and here we go. So uh, it wasn't the only reason, but uh, that was the one thing I wanted to talk about. So.
0: Well, Saul, let's talk about your point first, because obviously, um, even though Chris Paul was a part of part of that overtime, mm-hmm. not having D.A. and Chris Paul in there during the yeah. full overtime probably was not ideal for the Suns. <laughs> obviously, you don't want to ever go to overtime to begin with, but it would be nice to have two of your top players that are available to you in the game during
3: that. Yeah, session. listen, I, I thought, you know, I, I know the chat is everybody's talking about get rid of James Jones and fire money and trade all <laughs> your superstar. Like uh, I, I I'm just not even close to there right now. I thought the first two games of this four game set were absolutely horrendous and you had to look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what the hell you were all about and even though they lost these two games in New Orleans I'm not going to act like the end of the season is here by any stretch of the imagination I thought they improved from one game to the next I thought tonight they showed a lot of resiliency even when they were down it looked like It looked like New Orleans was about to put that game away midway through the third. It looked like they were off and running, and then the Suns fought back, and they forced overtime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, DA, I thought, was playing very good. You could argue about... The fact that uh, once again, down the stretch of the fourth quarter, he had five fouls. So it took him a little bit longer to get back into the game. But once he did, they still didn't really try to run any actions for him. So, you know, you you could talk about that. But overall, I just thought, you know, the, the six fouls, I don't say that in, a, in, in, a, in an effort to say that that was the only reason by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say that, hey, when you're missing your two top players and you really only got one of your original starting five out there on the court yeah. at the end of the game. It makes it tough. It makes it tough. Bl- Especially when Valanchunas is the one instigating a lot of that physical contact.
1: I blame some of this on uh, on DA and CP3, though. This wasn't a bad ref game. the The Pelicans actually had more fouls than the Suns tonight. I don't think this was an egregious ref outing. I think this was a fact that in today's NBA— The bigger guy, the more physical guy is always going to get that call. It's not going to be, they don't really give it to the defensive guy because contact isn't allowed. EJ talked about that in the broadcast as well. And Chris Paul needs to understand the situation that he's in and how few guys that they have in general that can lead this team. Uh, And he has to be more aware of his foul situation. There were a few egregious. Uh, plays where you know Zion got running downhill and they didn't call things. But overall, this was not a ref problem. Well, that,
3: that's what I'm talking about, though, is, is like you have Zion, who obviously you know what he's all about. You know what he's going to do. Um, and he's, he's a runaway freight train, and he seems like he gets a lot more leniency when it comes to forcing contact than other guys do. Let's yeah. just be honest about that. Now, it's because from the very start of the game, he's a runaway freight train all the way until – minute 48 so he kind of sets that that tone but again i swear tory damn near got killed out there and if it weren't for a review he wouldn't have got the call because they were going to call it against him like
1: they called it on Jock.
3: Then. I know, but Jock him, didn't even so. do anything. That that's the uh-huh. thing is, Zion's throwing that shoulder down, and they never call it. And, you know, like so. I'm not saying it's the only reason. I I said that from the very start. Oh, uh, but what I'm saying is, is like there's got to be a little bit of consistency when it comes to who is forcing and creating that content contact. Not just you're seeing the back of player A right there in front of you, and because he flinches, it must be a foul on him because he's out of position. Like that's that's bullshit. But
1: the problem is, you're playing a guy like a Tory Craig. That gives up so much size, anyways, that I think the the refs are more likely to call it on a Torrey Craig than the bigger guy, just because he is giving up so much. I think it's just, I think this is a flaw in the roster. We've talked about it. They don't have a big enough, physical enough guy to go against up uh, players, uh, you know, teams that have more than one big guy. You know, if there's just one big center that D. A. can guard fine, but when you got two big guys, they don't have any recourse. I mean, shit, they started Dario sarge tonight thinking that that size might help and it didn't.
2: I mean, it did at the start, but like, yeah, to your point, like I think the Pelicans, we're not giving enough credit, I think, to the Pelicans and the problems that they create because honestly like, Zion is very Giannis-esque in the way that mm-hmm. he is hard mm-hmm. to officiate because he will lower that shoulder, he will bulldoze guys, and he gets to the basket, and I think that's the frustrating part is like there were some times where he lowered the shoulder and Craig was like flying all over. That dude, I don't know how his body's not in shambles after today. Cause I mean, I am. i not going to lie. <laughs> I looked at Torrey, and
3: I, I said to these guys, I was like, man, my guy's going through it right now because he looked like he was yeah, just getting like, his ass kicked He was getting struck,
2: in. and like there was that one that you mentioned they had the challenge to get the call. Um, and the biggest one for me was the one where uh, Valanchunas, on back-to-back plays, used the elbow to kind of mm-hmm. create contact, clear – it was a foul on DA which picked up his fifth and then the very next one he did it again to Jock and got the offensive foul call but that fifth foul yeah. on DA held him out till the big. 2 minute yep. mark um so that that was a big one but again like the officiating for me wasn't um You know, they were down 28-17 in free throw attempts, but I feel like at this point we're kind of used to Well, that's a
1: small margin compared to what they've been down other games.
2: Right, so it's, again, the Pelicans are a hard team to officiate. They are physical, they are smash mouth, and they have two guys that are really good at kind of you know, initiating a lot of contact, but being a little sneaky about yeah. how they do it. I know?
1: think you have to give Willie Green credit to the way they use Ion, It isn't like they throw it to him on the block and then he bully balls. Right. They give it to him at the top of the key, so he gains momentum uh, before... He winds up hitting into guys a lot of the times, which makes it a tougher thing to call as well because then it's like, okay, what's the positioning? Is it an offensive? Is it a a blocking? What's going on here? Because he starts and he gets to go downhill the way they have the offense set up. So I think that makes it a more challenging thing to call for the refs as well.
3: Yeah. I refuse to give Willie Green credit. Huh? (laughs) Nothing. Go ahead. You don't want to
0: give Willie Green credit? No. For nothing? Nothing. I mean... That's fair. You could be mad at Willie Green. I don't blame <laughs> you. I would be a little upset at Willie Green right now. There are so many comments in the chat right now that people are very upset that we are not more upset. Um, that was I, Friday night for me. I don't know about you guys, <sighs> but I've reached the point um, of this four-game losing streak. After I was a little bit upset on Friday, but for the most part, it started on Friday to the point where I just want to like make fun of this team more than anything and I know that (laughs) no no it's not like I dislike them it's just more like I'd rather make fun of the situation to yeah like I just want to make jokes about it instead of be angry about it because I can't handle being angry about it right now
3: but again like I I, listen I'm not going to minimize the the feelings that people have in the chat they're pissed and they're pissed because you know listen I think there's a bit of a complacency that um you can perceive the sons to have um and then you lose four in a row and and that complacency could quickly turn to despair and that's what's happening across <laughs> yeah. the chat right now you know right. uh James Jones not making a big enough move for people or any move really with Jay Crowder so you you point to that then you start to deal with the injuries now books out like it's a, it's a tough sledding, but again, like this is the NBA, like everybody goes through it. Like these guys, the Pelicans are missing Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones and Herb Jones is one of the best defenders in the NBA. And he gave us fits last year. So it's, you just got to learn to get through it. This is a tough stretch of games for the Suns. It'll lighten up here in a little bit. They'll start to win games. Hopefully they can get some health back. They're going to be okay. I just, I'm not going to overreact um but i will say that i'm concerned and moves will need to be made soon.
0: I will say i am not 100% in agreement with you on they will be okay. Like okay. I'll, i will okay. admit and that I, like there is a portion of me that is like if you don't make a move and if you have to deal with injuries whatsoever come playoffs we might be in a in a oh, little yeah. bit of
3: trouble. Well i don't think i don't think any of us fought at At the beginning of the season, as constructed, that this team was a championship contending team. I mean, maybe you could say a championship contending team, but I don't think think any of us thought that they would would win a championship. We we knew that they were still a move
2: away from cementing themselves in that tier. We knew that their starting five was good enough, but we had serious questions about the bench. And to be fair, the bench has played well because you look at who they were closing the game with. And like Torrey Craig has been a a great as a starter with Cam Mm -hmm. Johnson out. But he's not normally a starter campaign. Same deal filling in for Chris Paul. He did well for especially for the first stretch of that. But he's not normally a starter either. They're close. Mikhail was the only normal preferred starter that was closing this OT. So like I had way more of a problem with Friday's game because they got punked because they didn't look like they cared as much because they were taking issue with some shit that was irrelevant instead of what the biggest issue of the game was. (laughs) Today, they showed more fight, and I know they didn't get the win, and it doesn't feel great losing four games for the first time. This is the first time they lost four consecutive regular season games since March of 2020.
0: Which is forever which ago. Which is forever,
2: but like at the same time, they showed more fight. They were playing without their best player, without Cam Johnson, and the Pelicans are good, guys. Like They're a really fucking good team, yeah. and you even without Brandon Ingram, like Zion is playing at an MVP level. They have guys up and down the roster that contribute, like Dyson Daniels, was great and he's a rookie for them. So like this is a good it's not it's never good to lose, but this is no. a much better loss than Friday. Yeah,
1: I I know you can't look at things in a vacuum, but say this kind of a loss comes after not a three game losing streak. Everybody's like, oh, this is a moral victory. Look, it shows the right. bench can do this. We're not as, uh, you know, we're not as in trouble as we thought if guys are out, you know, all, all this. But the fact that it comes as the fourth straight loss makes it look bad. But I, I was angry. I was livid on Friday. But what did we ask for? McHale to step up. Deandre Ayton to step up, yes. the bench to step up. All three of those things happened yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, Bridges at twenty-seven, Ayton at twenty-eight. The bench came up big. I, you know, like I'm, I can't be angry like I was on Friday at this game because they did the things. They just didn't have uh, the energy at the end to close it out in an overtime. Yeah,
3: well, you know, we we asked before the season if Chris Paul was going to drop off offensively. Those two guys had to step up. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't account for Devin Booker being out in this one because I think if he plays tonight, we probably win. But he didn't. And those guys did everything they could to keep us in the game. Uh, you just needed a couple extra pieces, uh, mainly, you know, Chris Paul, really. When you look at the numbers, then it boils down to it. You know, he didn't have the greatest of games. I think he had six points. You know, and in a game like this where it's just, you know, it's physical, you need every point you could possibly get, you need your stars to play like stars, you know, and or at least – somewhat somewhat higher level scoring so and that, it's just that's the frustrating part and i see it in the chat right now right and i
2: want to address that in the chat because no four straight losses is not okay obviously and we've expressed our concerns about the ceiling of this current iteration of the mm-hmm. team especially because a chris paul hasn't looked like chris paul for the majority of this season b we don't know if cam johnson is reliable and c you've still got Jay crowder sitting at home and haven't been able to make a move but as we've said December 15th is when a lot more guys become trade eligible. That is when we need to see a move around that time. Like, I need to see something happen with this roster. But this loss is not the one that upsets me out of the last four. No. This is the one that I'm least concerned about because at least they played physical. At least they gave a shit today. They showed us that they cared. Like,
1: Can, can we stop selling December 15th like there's going to be something magical that happens? Because I feel like this is another... Uh, Another one of these happen around there. I I get that it needs to, but I think we've built this up again as another another magical thing that oh the move Mm -hmm. is coming here, and I feel like we've been doing this for a year and a half since the trade deadline in that final (laughs) season. Oh, the big move that's going to be the move that makes it work is going to happen here. Then it was the off season. Then it was another trade deadline. Uh, You know, now it's oh December fifteenth. I don't think some magical huge trade is coming. I think you're going to see things around the margins. If, if uh, you know, that if James Jones can get it done. But, look, four losses isn't okay because how long is Devin Booker out? If he's out a week, two weeks, that could become eight losses. That mm-hmm. could become ten losses in a row if, uh, if you're not careful. And that's the kind of thing that puts you too far back in the pack all of a sudden. You're back in the middle of the West, which then puts you in play territory uh, if if you can't make that up. And that's it, it, the worst place to be in this Western Conference because it's so damn deep.
0: Well, I know this super chat contradicts what you just said, Espo, about that December 15th date, but Jeff, thank <laughs> you for your super chat. Jeff says, something just tells me that December 15th date has JJ planning something big. Also, Saul, could we get Tommy Lloyd to come and teach these guys how to be tough? Yeah. Uh,
1: I'll put in a call. Maybe, maybe not. Look, Santa, Listen, Santa ain't bringing the trade in the sack this year, all right?
0: Something will happen. And December 15th is more just a few more guys become available. More teams are willing to have conversations now. Like Gerald said... Multiple times, open the door for maybe three team kind of deal. It's like to something
3: happen. like eighty five percent of the
1: league, right? Yeah.
2: Eighty
0: nine, I think. It went from like seventy eight to eighty nine. Yeah, there's like seventy
3: like like some guys I think
2: that become trade eligible at that
1: yeah. point. Look, and so we'll get more into trades tomorrow, but if the Suns can't trade a first round pick that like it keeps getting reported because of the ownership stuff, they're gonna get jumped in the line for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Because and you better, that's the asset people want.
0: You better hold on to your hats because it's going to get a lot worse, and we're going to get a lot more angry if that actually <laughs> is the case. Lord, have mercy.
3: Or at the worst, somebody's going to give us a first round pick for Jake Crowder and call it a day. That ain't happening.
0: I don't know about you that. Ain't <laughs> no
1: way. Anybody's giving up a first for Jake Crowder. Or, they're, if
0: somebody's going to want desperate him, desperate enough. Somebody's
1: going to want him. Yeah, they're not giving up a first for an expiring contract on a guy that hasn't played since last May.
0: A couple more Super Chats. Manny, thank you for yours, said, I'll take the L on this one, Suns fam. I stopped watching in the third, and we came back. Then I started watching at the start of OT, and we lost. Uh, I apologize. We forgive you,
1: Manny. watch again, Manny. (laughs) Just tune into us, and don't watch the game.
0: (laughs) And then Frank, thank you for your Super Chat, Frank. Frank said, it's time to open up that box of four peaks. So
1: today is the day you actually get to open the advent calendar. Is this my guy Frank Kaminsky in the chat? What
0: is it?
2: We got oh number 11.
0: Ooh. What is it?
3: This is a uh, Cooper Dance brick and barrel wood age small batch. Okay, rye whiskey.
0: Barrel. I like that logo, that oh, label. It's really cool. That's it's super really nice.
3: pretty. Oh, ah, yes.
0: Oh, um, awesome. okay. So, this Four Peaks Advent Holiday Cheer Box is really cool. It's $55 and it's got specialty beers, tall boys, and more. And it's uh, each day f- uh, for the month of December. Obviously, we know it's the 11th, but don't worry, you can always catch up on it your off really days nice. does it smell good
1: when when mm. there's the fifth straight loss you can go through all 24 That's what if I'm saying.
0: Like. you could you could still like you could honestly just start it any day of the week and start with number one and keep going through january it doesn't matter but it's going to be a lot of fun it also makes a really cool gift and if you guys would like to check it out four peaks has a limited supply of them and you can pick them up at their 8th Street Pub down in Tempe. But remember, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Also, let's go ahead and just get this one out of the way and name our Draft King, king of the Game. I know these are never as exciting on games that we drop, but we got to give a little bit of love to DeAndre, and who is our King of the Game. D.A. came out today and seemed like he took this one a little bit more personally. He finished with 28 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Of course, he did get fouled out in this one, but we even said in the pregame if you if you're if you want to have feisty defense, you have to be able to use up all your 6,000. Just be okay with that kind of a thing.
1: This is the saddest looking king of the game photo ever. I <laughs>
0: he's
1: do He's like just gazing off into the distance. I do
3: appreciate the crown placement
1: on this one. Oh, it is one, good. Though. It's very good crown placement. Um, he is
3: very is glistening in this photo. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a, 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 Apollo Creed. Yeah. The way he's all oiled up.
1: Well, look, um, but we de- we've been demanding DA, uh, you know be the man in a lot of these cases, and, and he did it tonight. I mean, you can't complain about what he gave you this evening. He did it all. He was physical, uh, mm-hmm. and he just happened to get those six fouls, and that's just unfortunate, but played his ass off tonight. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he was efficient. This is back-to-back 25-plus point games for him. He plays really well against Valanciunas and this Pelicans team, so uh, we talked about it before the show. I wanted to see DA and Mikhail step up. And they both did today, but D.A. was hands down the best player on the Suns roster I today.
3: I loved the energy that D.A. played with. He was aggressive. Um, he didn't just give up the rebounds. He he forced the Pelicans to have to box him out. He made them work just as much as they tried to make him work. Um, I, I just thought defensively he was sound. He blocked Zion at the rim. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, had a, he had a couple very, very nice plays tonight. Um, and the jumper— Man, hey, the jumper is looking more and more wet every single game. It's beautiful to watch. I'm telling you, like, I know it's a little hard right now to swallow these four losses, but I think what we've seen over the course of the last three or four weeks is DA starting to to be a lot more assertive, um, a lot more confident and not hesitating on taking those jumpers and recognizing more than anything else what the defense is giving him and him being able to take advantage of those opportunities, which is what you need to see your stars do. Um, if he can keep that up, I, it replaces what you're what you're missing in Chris Paul. Um, and again, like at this point, in my estimation, the the Suns will be very well served if they just. They just manage Chris Paul as a facilitator and not a necessary scorer, and they add the pieces, hopefully via trade, um, that will bolster up the scoring side of things. Because I think defensively they're going to be fine, um, but offensively, that's that's where you need the help the most. Um, so you know, if Da can step up and Mikael can be uh, consistent, uh, and then Cam comes back, you're going to be okay. But you still need that one other piece, and that's what I, I appreciate that we're recognizing that because we're seeing what the potential of DA can be on a game-to-game basis. Without that, you got you don't know what levels to go in terms of the assets that you might try to have to go out and get. Um, so now that you can see this, and it's been a little bit more consistent over the course of the last three or four weeks now you you can kind of better set yourself for you, the expectations on a return uh, off of a trade.
1: Can I name a, a secondary DraftKings King of the Game? Sure. I think Tory Craig deserves yeah. a yeah. lot of yeah. of credit. Five of ten for the field, fourteen point seven rebounds, and gave up every part of, part of his body yep. and energy tonight uh there was not a guy that worked harder out there on the floor he, he played 36 minutes which was the second most out of anybody and there were a few times where it looked like he felt like he was going to die and he still found more inside of him to keep going so hats off to Tory.
0: I mean both of those guys Tory Craig and DA did their best as far as guarding Zion obviously we knew we don't have the guy who can really stop Zion. I don't know if there is a guy, maybe Giannis, who could stop Zion, right? Um, which Hell, those two going it. head-to-head would be kind of fun. To, I feel like would be fun to watch. Oh, we'll have man. to tune into that one. Um, but they did a good job. They, they showed effort. They showed heart. They showed hustle. Tori Craig literally was like bleeding at one point during this game mm-hmm. because of how physical it got. So uh, some flowers for the two of them for sure. Uh, We did. We got a couple of Super Chats I'll get to in a second. But first, let me tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, Right now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you sign up with the code PHNX, you can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, a couple more Super Chats here. First and foremost... Uh, Trevor, Trevor, thank you for your super chat. Trevor said, watch Boston and Golden State last night and Jason Tatum was struggling. ESPN was praising him. Jeff said, I love to see good players struggle, but when book struggles, they just criticize him. ESPN hates us. BS." T- I think
2: I, I, we should just get used to Jason Tatum is a media darling and he's really fucking good. So like he he's earned that. It's unfortunate Book doesn't get the same treatment for whatever reason, um, but Tatum's been playing at an MVP level. He's probably number one on the MVP leaderboard, so. and he plays for Boston, and we know how the NBA loves Boston and LA when it yeah. comes to these franchises, so it's probably just something we're going to have to get used to, and especially because like, we were, at least coming into this season, we were wrong as far as saying Book should be higher than Tatum on all these lists and whatnot. Tatum has earned his spot above Book in this conversation for the time being.
1: I think up until this last week, you could have made an argument that they were neck and fairly neck, fairly but close. You, you still would have like, put Tatum above. Yeah, though. no, I agree. But I don't yeah. think right now it feels like there's a chasm between the two of them because of how poor Devin played before the injury in those uh in those 3 games and now the injury question is, is going to loom but I I agree look it's big cities it's big markets uh it's a heritage team uh, with Boston that's always going to be the case you know they want the LA's the Boston's even the Phillies to a certain extent to to get the attention if New York ever had anybody that had a pulse they'd go nuts over uh Over whoever on the Knicks showed any spark of life, so it's just the way this is always crazy
3: for Alfred Payton last year. Shit,
1: I mean, (laughs) I I mean Randall Julius Randall got a lot of talk last year when he was playing well, just because he was in New York in Mm -hmm. part. So so yeah, it's just the way of life. I at this point we've screamed enough about it, and and it's not going to change. It's just Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: That's why you can come hang out with us. Uh, Brandon also sent us a super chat. Brandon, thank you for your super chat. Said the real failure is on CP3. He neglected to show.
2: Look, Are I, you guys
0: frustrated with Chris Paul's play?
2: I I agree somewhat with that, but I, I like he hit the shot to force overtime. He was only three for 10, though. So I, I don't know. I think we need to reckon with the possibility that. A, this is how the Suns want to play, because like you were talking about with seeing what we have with D.A., that applies to Mikhail as well, and that requires someone to take a step back, which we were talking about heading into the season, how Chris Paul needs to take a step back. We need him to hit some damn shots, for sure, because three (laughs) for ten is not going to cut it. But like he's still facilitating. He had 11 assists, and that's more of what they want him to do. And again, if we're trying to explore what we have in D.A., unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he still is not at the point of his career where he is creating... A lot of his own offense he needs someone to facilitate to him to feed da like we always talk about so you need chris paul out there for that because your backup guard campaign struggles with that at times
1: i i think we're at a point where you have to consider his point guard one of the places you look to try to add depth in uh, as well like i love campaign uh but i think he could play off the ball if you got a guy that could, it could help facilitate with that second unit and be a backstop on nights that Chris Paul might not have it because I think this is what we're going to see, consistently inconsistent this year from Chris Paul based on age uh, yeah. and and all that. So one night you may see him drop 22 and dominate and, and look like Chris Paul last year, and then you'll see a game like like this afternoon. Uh, so at some point you need to figure out ways to make up for that, get creative with that, because I don't think you can pencil Chris Paul and as that guy anymore. As a, as an
3: old man myself, um, <laughs> you know, I I can attest to what Espo is saying because it's like you know some days you wake up you're like oh man joints feel pretty good you know I'm like got a little spry in my step let's go and then other days you're like fuck my life <laughs> like I don't know so I can't even imagine being his age and playing in the NBA. And every day, is, it's basically a crapshoot. You don't know what, what your body's going to feel like. You don't know how your body's going to respond and, and what moves you're going to be able to pull off. And when I look at Chris, uh, Chris Paul, um, I think facil- facilitating is much easier than creating your own shot and creating your own uh, scoring opportunities at this point. I don't think that's a stretch to say that. But he will have good games every now and then, like he did the other night, scoring-wise. He was just fine. Um, but tonight... You know they needed a little bit more from him, and he wasn't able to provide it. And it's, you know, it, I, I again, I just think that this is what Chris Paul's going to be. Hopefully, we by the end of the season, we get close to the playoffs. You know, maybe a month out, he he can turn it on and 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 be that former Chris Paul that we like. But but not, not but but, but like know. for like, I mean, what twenty five games now? Um, this is what he's been. He's just he's been he's been an okay scorer. Um, and he's been a good, he's been a great distributor. Mm-hmm.
2: Guys, come on! I know that like Chris Paul is not great right now, but like and Booker's going through a rough stretch. But holy shit, running the offense through Aiton over Book and CP3
1: is—that's not the end. In a night like tonight, they tried. I mean, they did run a lot of the offense through right. Da, but it was the only choice. I mean, right. Book's not there, and Chris wasn't hitting, so you had to go that.
3: Route, I think. You know? I think. I think when Chris Paul's back, or not Chris Paul, Devin Booker's back. You'll never, ever, ever not run through Devin Booker. Like no. that's that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's basketball is suicide. Chris right. Paul as an option on offense right now. Yeah, I think he's falling down the notch on in terms of uh, priority. But I it, think it's Devin Booker, and then it goes
1: right.
2: Da, but for they sure. don't. But they don't run the offense through Chris Paul. Like
3: he's yeah. just the point guard running the
2: offense. Like there's a difference. And running offense through Da looks like. Chris Paul coming around a screen and looking for DA. It looks like some of the actions they ran late in the fourth quarter that are designed to get DA rolling to the basket where he's most efficient. The Pelicans covered it well, and Damian Lee had that kick out to Mikael Bridges, but Larry Nance made a great defensive play. Like They were running it through DA tonight, but you are never going to convince anyone that a top 10 offense with a top 10 player like Book should not be the guy that they're running their offense to. Like That's crazy talk.
3: I will say this. I don't know if I I'm I'm a big fan of the two guard lineup when mm-hmm. it comes to like like right now obviously Devin Booker's out but I've seen it multiple times even when Devin Booker has been healthy mm-hmm. that they'll they'll run out CP3 and campaign at the same time playing on the court yeah. eh eh I why like like in my opinion like why because Chris Paul an off the off the ball player is not effective is not not effective. The only way he's effective on your on your team is if he's facilitating and getting other guys the ball in key positions. Other than that, as a shooter, no. Like, just no. You
1: know, if there's one person tonight that I think you could – and I know a lot's fallen at his feet lately, but that's what happens when you lose. Monty, I why you've got DA struggling with foul, fouls here. Why does why does Ish or Busy not see any minutes? Just even if it's you go take a few of these fouls when Zion's rolling, get Da a breather, bring him back in, uh, you know, or play play him alongside a Da, let him guard Zion. Anything to try to. I I, I still just don't understand. I the, you know the, the starting of uh, you know of uh, of Dario. I, it and worked. Went. For the
2: first extent, quarter. The, to I an
1: extent, liked, but... Yeah. It
2: worked well in the first... They were up seven in the first quarter. Like, that wasn't the problem. It was in the second half, I would have liked to see Ish. um, And Busy, like, he's talked about... It, he, it's hard for him to play three bigs in any game. And Jock Landell was playing great. So, like, I don't mind not seeing Busy-ish. I would have liked to see when the Dario minutes were falling off in the second half. Yeah. Try something different. But I, I do... I understand people have issues with Monty right now and like the timeouts thing, not having a timeout late in that game, but not having the timeout, Chris Paul hit the shot that forced overtime. And like, look at the roster guys. Like we're all sitting here like Monty should do this. And Monty should do that. There's not a lot to do with the roster currently the way it is.
3: Like I, I would, I would counteract your point about D.A. I want D.A. to play as many minutes as possible. And I know he picked up six fouls tonight. And, yeah, it, you know, some of them could have been avoided or some of them were just back calls. But I want to see him out there. And I don't really want to defer to him going to the bench to get a rest when I want him to – I want D.A. to start playing 34, 36, 38 minutes a game like Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker have been doing the last couple of years. Um, D.A. needs to get to that point. Otherwise – he's never going to reach the potential we need him to reach in order to do anything in the playoffs.
1: I'm fine with keeping him on there but then just bring in Ish so so he can focus on Zion and play DA on the other big in that situation and just let let Ish take a few of those fouls. Like I know it's not perfect. I know he has to, I mean we're talking about a two-way contract guy <laughs> but but I mean when DA is the primary force on your offense right now and you're that deep in it once you see him get in foul trouble, you got to try to get creative, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that—I mean—it's it, nitpicky. I, I admit that, but this game came down to little things. So yeah,
2: it did. And and again, like that fifth foul was a tough call mm-hmm. on Da, and and they didn't bring him back to the two minute mark. So it wasn't. I, if anything, I think Monty might have waited a little too long to bring him back yeah. in, and they mm-hmm. were trying to get him in. Yeah. Um. But they didn't want to use a timeout, which they wound up using later anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where little things stand out. But overall, like they lost a an overtime game to the number one team in the West without Devin Booker and without Cam Johnson. Like I'm much more comfortable with the effort that they gave today than I have in the last week. So oh, for sure, it's still a loss, but at least we're moving in the right direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Daniel mm-hmm. in the chat said. As a fan base, we get way too high when we're winning and way (laughs) too low when we're losing. The ebbs and flows of the season will always be there. That's absolutely true, Daniel. We do need to remember that. And it doesn't doesn't mean that we can't be frustrated or we can't celebrate in these high and low moments. It's just you have to kind of keep a little bit of perspective. You know, like when we're on a four-game losing streak and we've been playing like straight-up boo-boo, don't throw out that we need to trade Devin Booker and D'A and Chris Paul and Mikel Bridges mm-hmm. all at the exact same time for like one player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like just yeah. you just be like, I'm angry. That's well, fine. But we also, got damn, we got damn spoiled. Keep last your head year. on your shoulders. A
1: we did. We did. <laughs> damn we did. spoiled. Like. The fact that we haven't seen three lo- or four r- losses in a row since before the bubble, we were spoiled. We like, were spoiled. Like, this happens in the NBA. Now, the way two of those games went is not the way that, that <laughs> it usually happens. Yeah. And I think that's been a, big, a bigger issue than, uh, than the four games in a row. But this does tend to happen. I mean, look at Golden State at the beginning of last year. Beginning
0: they weren't year. world yeah. They
1: weren't world beaters. Yeah, but they won the title last year, and they weren't wor- world beaters, and then got it together in the second half. Like, Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's December, I guess. Like, yeah. Right, and,
2: that, and that's the thing, though, is that we've got people in the chat saying the Pelicans had starters out too. We know. We acknowledge that off the top of the fucking yeah. show. Like, catch up. But the point is you need to have <laughs> people on the bench... That like can fill in when you yeah, have guys exactly. out, and last year they did that. They were great at handling injuries. This year it's piled on a little bit, bit a little bit more, and they haven't been able to handle that.
3: I right. feel like you know, I feel like the rest of the league kind of went through these injury um, riddled seasons, and we kind of avoided it for the most part for the last couple of years, and now you know we're regressing to the mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like, all right, you know, we got to figure it out just like everybody else did, mm-hmm. and honestly, like to to your point, Espo. You know uh, the Warriors this year. You know started off terribly, um, but you can see that they're starting to put the pieces back together, starting to get back into a groove. Um, I have no doubt that the same thing will happen with the Suns. You know, at some point, um, you know you'll you'll figure it out, you'll adjust, you'll understand like what your team is truly capable of, and the guys that need to step up will step up. I have no I have no doubt about this team. I don't know what if I'm just maybe that drink just got me fucking <laughs> jacked up, but um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm unusually confident are in the you, fact that they're going to bounce back
0: are you sitting comfy right now
3: yeah because this you know Sons this this more furniture is no. fantastic
0: fair to say you're just sitting comfy yeah. like yeah, also, you're comfy with bu- your team before you get you
3: see. before you get down the road on this folks something is different about Lindsay. tell me what it is <laughs> <laughs> she got leg extension um, since pregame. yeah so
0: we're, we're sitting okay you guys like it does it suck yes it's the end of the world no We're going to be okay. The Suns do need to look themselves in the mirror and have a good, long, hard conversation amongst themselves about getting back on the right track and playing like a basketball team that we have gotten used to. And we saw a little bit more of that tonight. So hopefully this is the start of turning the corner. But we're also sitting pretty comfy, Mm -hmm. literally right now, in these chairs for more furniture. And they're having a holiday clearance event. And it's happening literally right now. And you can save up to 50%. So make sure that you check them out at morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. Or you can stop by their store locally here in Phoenix. Did anybody guess it right?
3: Uh, no, just people oh, say no, glasses. So it's glasses. not glasses. That's I mean, just a that I mean, the glasses are. Art. Oh,
0: yeah, Frank. No, that's not true either. It's not Frank wins. Yeah, it is, is it a different
1: color? It's it a, is a
0: different color. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, she said it
1: earlier. It's yeah. a different color it a different and beanie.
0: it's a different it like, like material it. and a different shape beanie. It's all completely different. Eh. That's it. That's it. And know. not a single one of these little turkeys mentioned my beanie today. <laughs> it's like if I had walked in here and gotten a brand new haircut, they wouldn't have even noticed.
3: No, it's like you got like so an inch really trimmed and we didn't notice. <laughs> That's what this is. It's not like you just went scorched earth and went bald all of a sudden. We were like, wonder what's different with used- Lindsay today. I a slightly yeah. different a colored beanie <laughs> and it has different materials you didn't yeah. notice. It's no, a pattern. I'm sorry I don't stare at your beanie my right. hair you blonde literally and I literally said notice.
0: last week can we get a new beanie? I'm tired of this beanie. I just be want a new one. one. Smiled, and mean. then I go get a new beanie. Thank you, you Esmo.
3: because the other one smelled. My bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just love it. We have worked together long enough now that Lindsay's like, if you don't notice every little I know. thing I've changed, we like, got problems.
3: Listen, okay? I have to deal with this shit at home with my wife. I am not coming here and doing this with you.
0: Candid um. Cam said, is she being serious? No, Candid Cam, I'm not. It's sarcasm. Sorry <laughs> if that uh, you couldn't tell. Uh, you know what's not sarcastic, I, though? Well, what? <laughs>
1: The the underdog (laughs) fantasy. Oh my. I was gonna do the same thing in a little bit. Only only serious when it comes Uh, to that. Because you can win cash and there's nothing sarcastic about cold hard cash. One of my favorite apps I've gotten uh, I've gotten into digital.
3: I like how he says cold hard cash. I'm like, (laughs) I've never seen anything that was
1: cold hard cash in my hands. You don't take out cash out of the ATM? To, you know. I don't can't even remember when the last time I did that one. I do sketchier things than you apparently. <laughs> anyway, so
0: uh, <laughs> Do tell
1: us. Huh? <laughs> what, what are you doing? Can't talk about that. We're talking it's about the underdog fantasy app right now. I love it because <laughs> I like get talk about it this program it comes from a cadaver. Am, <laughs> I'm stealing money. <laughs> this is not where underdog fantasy app. Let me tell you about it. If you suck at your fantasy leagues because you're too lazy to actually look at your lineup week in, week out like yours truly. Underdog fantasy is perfect. You can play one week. Don't have to worry about it. You draft your guys. All of them play. You see who wins. And uh, and then you win money if you actually win. I had a pretty uh, good streak going on the fantasy so I had won three in a row. I'm going to lose this week. Shane had a good week. But, you know, it's a fun way to make money. I love their pick too. Higher, lower on categories. If you get five right, you get 20 times your money. It is spectacular. And if you use that promo code x and you deposit $100, I believe they're going to match. That uh, up to a hundred dollars there in your account. So go do it, that's have facts. some fun, win some cold hard cash, and do shady shit yourself.
3: Yeah, you can play with your friends, you can play it by yourself. Espoo likes to play with himself all the time, so it's fun. God, so,
0: about crazy. those points in the paint, Gerald, that <laughs> I get my that's how I get talk. my cold hard cash. <laughs> we haven't really touched on that uh, just yet, so I uh, feel like maybe we should dive into that a little bit more because. You had mentioned early on in the game that they were pretty even. They were much closer than they were in Friday night's game. But then obviously the Suns weren't able to maintain that throughout Mm -hmm. the game. What did what stood out to you about the way that the Suns played tonight versus Friday in that specific area?
2: Well, look, and this is something I wrote about yesterday after the Friday loss is that the Suns fall into this pattern of when they answer questions about their low free throw attempts. They always say like, we could talk about it, but I'm not going to talk about it. And then they talk about it at length and they talk about how they bring up the numbers and they talk about we're paint to great. We get in the paint just as much as any other team, blah, 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 without acknowledging the fact that they're 29th in frequency of shots at the rim. So like tonight they lived up to that. They got in the paint. They forced contact. I know they only got to the line 17 times, but they were a lot more aggressive in attacking the rim and actually not just settling for a mid-range pull-up or for a floater or for you know some wild crazy shots like they were going to the basket and that's what we need to see from them like the pelicans are a damn good points in the paint team and i think they were basically tied with them by the end of regulation so like they need to be better on the defensive end because again you know 129 points it's a lot to give up even with overtime but they got they had 64 points in the paint like this is what i wanted to see I wanted to see more physicality. I wanted to see more fight. And they did show it today, and that was kind of the one stat that stood out to me. And, of course, in overtime, it skewed the Pelicans' way, and that's part of why they lost.
1: Can Can I ask the question that I don't think anybody wants to say out loud? Mm. Is Devin part of the problem, why they don't get to the rim as much? Lately,
2: yes. And that's, I think, it speaks to how much of the burden he's had to carry on offense because to start the season for the first month or so he was attacking the rim a lot more than he used to um or that we've seen in recent seasons and then he kind of settled into pulling up for threes pulling up for mid-range jumpers trying to bait for fouls there instead of getting to the basket it's a lot harder to keep driving to the basket and accepting that kind of physical punishment when you are tired when you're playing 35 38 40 minutes a night so I hope that when he comes back and that he's one hundred percent, he's able to get back to that. Um, because today, I think they showed more of a downhill mentality. They showed like we don't want to be punked anymore, and that kind of showed up in the points in the paint.
1: McHale did this great tonight, and I, it seems like when he has big offensive nights, it's because he's going downhill more often. He had mm-hmm. a couple of those nice layups where he does that big pull over of his arm when he comes across right. the leg uh, across the lane and lays it in so I think that in part was part of it too you saw McHale be aggressive in slashing the basket which they need if they're gonna win the points in the paint battle
2: it was it was a good balance for him tonight for sure he was driving early and I think that helped um kind of bust the the lid off the rim for him because he hit five threes tonight as well
1: well yeah because they got the the defense has to be honest on Mm -hmm. him then in that case so
0: And then, Espo, you brought up bench points. I know we've talked a little bit about the bench points tonight, but one of the things I've seen in the chat a lot tonight was um, people asking why we haven't talked about campaigns play as of late. Obviously, campaign led in bench scoring tonight. He finished with 17 points, but he was six of 14 from the field. So just under 50% there. Yeah, um, But how do you kind of feel campaign's been? We haven't talked about it since Chris Paul's come back. Obviously it's only been a couple of games, but moving back into that bench, we were a little bit, I don't know, uh, has uh concerned maybe or just had questions about what his performance would be like when he moved back to that bench role.
1: Yeah. I think he's just trying to figure things out again, right? We've talked about how the mentality is different when you start as opposed to coming in off the bench, I mean, it, it the way you uh, the way you warm up, all those things change. So I think he's he's trying to ease back into it. But let's be honest, campaign is inconsistent. So this isn't necessarily surprising uh, when he has a night that he that he shoots like this. I mean, at least he scored tonight. He may not have shot you know fifty or above, but it, he had seventeen points. Uh, so I'm not going to complain when he when he gets buckets. A, you know, in in some fashion, but overall, the uh, the bench just showed up, did what they what they needed to do, hustled, showed heart. Damian Lee didn't have a great shooting night either; he was four of 11, but got 12 points. And Jock came in uh, with those eight points off the bench. Landry Shamet had three steals as well, that helped lead to some bench points. This unit did enough tonight that's all you can ask because they're depleted too when you got right. guys starting and you're you're running into your third string guys to play bench minutes so they did they did what we asked the other night that they didn't do and i
2: think with campaign it's alarming he had that one really good stretch that helped kind of get them back in the game he was a little inconsistent <clears throat> and they need to get him back to that place of consistency like we've been talking about because if you look at the last 8 games He shot four for 13, two for 10, three for 10. He had the one good game against Houston where it was eight for 12. And then it was two for eight, four for 16, five for 13, two for six. Like he's been going through it lately and they need him because they've only had Chris Paul back for three games. Now they need him to be a source of offense and just a steady guy off the bench. I don't know if he's going to be that this year because we saw it wasn't him last year. Uh, but they they've got to get something out of him tonight. He was better uh, in helping them kind of close that gap after they were falling behind. I,
3: I'll, or, I'll say this: it's an issue when Damian Lee is a little bit is more consistent offensively than your backup point guard. Right. Um, and I've I've been a, a, a defender of campaign and his abilities for the most part since he's been here. Um, but just like with Mikhail and Da, um, you have to be consistent. And he gets plenty of open shots. He gets plenty of opportunities to be able to score at a high level. Um, he should he should be an easy twelve to thirteen, a uh, twelve to fourteen point a game scorer every single game because he has that many opportunities and that many uh, shots. But he doesn't, and it's very inconsistent. And I think at this point right now, you seriously, like Espo mentioned earlier, you seriously got to take a look and see if a backup point guard, um, somebody in the league that you think can come in and contribute and possibly. Um, you know, maybe even per, uh, surplant, uh Chris Paul in the future. If that, if there is a guy out there that's like that, I don't think there is. There was in the yeah, draft yeah, a
0: yeah. I know. Sorry. Right I'm now. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. Tyrese Halliburton is putting up numbers that only like Steve Nash and Chris Paul have. It still hurts my heart to watch him. Too,
3: Gerald, if it makes you feel too. any better, if it makes you feel any better. I think about 100% of the Suns fans were clamoring for Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. So this isn't exactly a D.A. Luca thing because right. nobody even knew who the <laughs> fuck Jalen Smith was. Yeah, that was nobody. Tough, that was a tough one. So when they p- pulled him instead of Tyrese, I was like, huh?
1: Thanks, what? James.
2: I still believe to this day they would have won a championship in – either of the last two years, I don't know which one, but in one of the last two years, they would have won a title if they had just drafted
1: Tyrese Halbert. Oh. May I address yeah. the Pelicans fans? In the Real chat quick, can second? I
0: just ask one question yes. that nobody wants me to ask on this panel oh, right now? Oh, boy. Are we the problem? Because campaign came on our show and then just went, poof right off the edge. Did, no. did we? Did no. we do that? No. Is that no. us?
3: No, no,
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: yes, that's Lindsay, no. Blasph- <laughs> blasphemy. Why would you even suggest Cut this such a thing? clip and send it to Cole over at the <laughs> Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I just wish campaign... I think when it, like the, the offense is one thing as well, but I also think the passing is another thing that I would like to see him kind of clean up a little bit more and also do a little bit more of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just... I just want campaign to be a little bit better all around. And hopefully we'll get that back from him. Go we, ahead. you can up,
1: First off, we've asked that for cam- from campaign.
0: We, we did year. get it for a while. It, it comes when he in starts, sports. when he starts, yeah. when he goes
2: to the bench, he has a rougher time with it because I think that the spacing is not quite as good with the bench unit. And he's a guy that likes what? to get downhill. If he doesn't have that spacing, the passings that like three assists, five assists, three assists since Chris Paul came back, he hasn't played very many minutes, but like,
1: that's where they need more shooting as well in that right. second unit.
3: They need more just overall production. I mean, the assists. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to say anything about that because obviously Chris Paul can handle his own there. But just overall production. Um, I, I, you know, that could use a pick me up.
1: Can I address the Pelicans fans yes, that we'll are have, have nice. a bit, uh, we we need, we No, I'm going. I'm going to. This is actually. Hearts. This is actually more advice, mm-hmm. having been in the spot that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Than than anything, right? Look. The Pelicans have been the better team the last two weeks. There's no doubt about it. The Pelicans look very good. But coming in and getting too cocky when you have a guy (laughs) like Zion, who coming into this year only played 85 games – don't piss off the basketball gods. That's all I'm saying because I have experience in that. <laughs> and so don't piss them off. Never, never chant Pel's and four okay, in a playoff game. Don't, don't, oh, do yeah, that. don't ever don't do that. Don't chant the. Or don't scream <laughs> the Pel's. The that, best team in
0: wasn't the NBA. That was not really our fault.
2: No, 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 but, no. It was, but and also like I wanted I mean, to address kind of this, this fault, too because we guess. got the Chris Paul sucks chant going. Oh, I love uh, that. And that was in the playoffs <laughs> after they chanted. Fuck Chris Paul.
0: No, Jake Crowder, right? I Crowder. mean, he kind of put your franchise
2: on the map. Like, I get it was a long time ago, but shit. Well,
1: man. that's because most of these fans have only been around for the last six months. Yeah, once they drafted <laughs> Zion. <laughs> so they don't
0: remember yeah. that Chris was there uh, back when they were the Hornets.
3: If you thought we weren't going to give a little bit of shade.
0: A gone, on, just dude. a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, like, have your fun, but also you don't have to be, like, overly mean about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, right I'm not now, just, saying just to us, like you don't, you just don't yeah. have to be a dick. Like you could, you could have fun and poke fun at people. Flock
3: around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny Killer Rex, that's funny.
0: Look, uh, right now, one of the one of the
1: Pelicans fans in the chat said the Suns are the most rated, overrated team in the NBA at this moment. Yeah. They haven't proven it in the last four games. The last two weeks have not been good. Uh, The thing about this show is you can come in and we'll we'll be honest when it needs to be honest. They haven't been that great, Mm -hmm. right? The Pelicans owned them in the last few games. But you guys still haven't been out of the first round in forever. You still got a guy that only played 85 games. Just keep perspective because it can swing real quick, and we know that here. Mm -hmm.
0: This True. Is so sassy. <laughs> also, if you want us to talk about the kerfuffle at the end of Friday afternoon's game, go watch the pregame show. We've been there, we've done that. You mm-hmm. just missed out. So just go watch that one next. Um, real quick, I do want to remind every Suns fan listening right now that we are having another event of the PHX Suns crew. We we want you to join us at our inaugural PHX tea party at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. This is gonna be a heck of a lot of fun. It's Friday, January 13th. It tips off at 530. We have the entire driving range rented out. So it's going to be a blast. Uh, like, yeah,
3: it's like going to Top Golf.
0: Yeah, but with Sunspans. I and mean, then you get to watch the game too.
3: Yeah, and we're all going to compete against each other. There'll be prizes for like longest drive. Uh, we have a putt-putt con- competition. Uh, we have a three-point shootout competition as well if you want to get in on that um there's just a whole bunch of giveaways we have all our partners are going to be out there it's gonna be a fun ass time come enjoy yourself uh you if you have kids that are 10 and under we're putting on a free kids clinic so they can go have fun with the instructors and you can go drink your ass off underneath the bays uh nice and heated it's at night you use the Shot Tracer Pro technology, just like you see on the PGA Tour. What? It's Damn going Shane. to be
1: shot,
0: shot awesome, Pro. <laughs>
1: yes. Wow!
3: Yes, I'm gonna
0: know where my ball went That's thirty pro. feet in front of me. Thank God! <laughs> you can click the link in the description That's to reserve your God. spot right now. And for all of our diehards out there, uh, check the Discord for the special link where you can save up to twenty percent on this event. Um, if you're a di- if you're a diehard, you get discounts on everything. You get discounts on every event. All of our merch, all the things, so and access to the Discord, which I think is one of the top parts, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, come join us. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, and and we want you to be there for it.
1: And we're looking at a diehard-only Discord event on Wednesday. We'll give you more details tomorrow, but we're looking at that as well.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a blast. Also... Since the Pelicans come back into town on Saturday, Ugh. I think what because I've seen the Pelican fans in the chat and the Suns fans in the chat going at it right now about Damn. who is selling more tickets to their games, and I don't know why that has become an argument that is being had, but it's being had in the chat. And all I want to tell you is right now, in the game time app, tickets to this <laughs> upcoming Saturday's game against the Pelicans are $50 and that is the full price that includes taxes, fees, all the things. $50 will get you in the door to this Saturday's game, Suns, or Suns versus Pelicans here in Phoenix. If you were one of those people arguing in the chat about tickets being sold at higher rates here in Phoenix, this is your chance to get in on the action and go, and then we can do our own MVP chance for book. We could do our own whoever insert player name here sucks. We could make F whoever player here T-shirts too. We could just make this a whole fun thing.
2: What an hey, elite transition!
1: Can, <laughs> can, one other thing to the Pelicans fans: your arena is trash. All I right?
0: mean, come I on, mean, the
1: let's... Pelican, the, the Pelican Smoothie King uh, Arena is straight trash. All right. Uh, you We've got a beautiful palace to basketball out here in Phoenix after they refurbished <laughs> it, uh, and and you got whatever that dump is. So if you want to oh see a yeah. real basketball arena, fly your ass out here for next Saturday. You can watch your Pelicans in a good basketball arena. <laughs> but anyway, like, so the game time well, app it is, oh <laughs> yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: gets you up to sixty percent off your tickets when you buy last minute. Honestly, if you wait until Wednesday or Thursday. The tickets might even be a little bit cheaper than what they are right now. But remember, the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this show. So if you're grabbing tickets on the GameTime app, make sure you click on that link before you buy your tickets. Anything else, you guys? Y'all are just so sad. I, I'm I love the city to of New Orleans, well. I'm that. trying to preach peace <laughs> and love and kindness, and you're just like, oh, let me just are you though? Let me, the me
2: tell bear. you about are your the... arena's dog. Oh, wait, wait, yeah.
3: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, Lindsay's not getting off the hook. She said that freaking Café Du Monde was, uh, was mid. I said that oh, last gosh. year. And I still stand by it. Yeah, that's oh, like more man. disrespectful than what
1: Espo said about their arena.
0: Look, I... I've been yeah, looking but at- that's to the whole city, not just the fan bases. And right now, it's just the fan bases that are beefing.
1: Well, look, my man Gerald's <laughs> been gripping the chair tight tonight, right? I like and I knew I had to had <laughs> defend our good honor against some of these commenters by saying the reality of the situation. <laughs> They play in a dump. That's it.
2: I mean, they're yeah, their arena is very old. It's kind of crumbling, but I don't think they can help that.
0: It's not their fault. <laughs> Maybe if they bought more tickets, time well. Maybe, too, we Maybe we if
1: they bought more tickets when they were bad, they'd have uh, more money to refurbish their uh,
3: rate. listen. The listen, I'm not going to talk about bad teams because we saw plenty of that in 2018, and this arena was not full at that point either. <laughs> yeah, so, <not> <laughs>
1: you know, I, I, I think actually the, the, love New Orleans, the, and I actually. Oh, I, I like Zion. He, he's a fun player. You guys have
0: a fun team. Yeah, like like if,
3: it, honestly, at the end of the day, like they, they are a good team. They're one of the contenders in the West. Uh, right now, they're the number one seed. You can't hate... On what the Pels oh. have done. Like they, they are a physical solid team and they have a little little pop with Zion. Mm-hmm. They got great all-around players and CJ McCallum and freaking Brandon Ingram. Like they got a great thing going. We just want to beat their ass. And we just lost twice to them in back to back games. I think this is the final game coming up, right? On Saturday. So yeah. it'll be the the fourth of a four part series. Let's see if we win this one and even up the series. Either way, they've been pretty good games. They've been physical. They've been contested. There's been a little bit of chippiness, and that's what we love to see. So, mm-hmm. eh. uh, New Orleans was low key my favorite city that I got
2: to
0: travel. New Orleans to is a fantastic the
1: city.
2: The arena is a dump, but the city, yeah. I love that yeah, city.
1: They and they're fantastic. Like they were fantastic hosts for All Star Game. A mm-hmm. uh, city put on a. On a great, uh, great game and everything, so no real hate when it comes to no, New no Orleans. No. And by the way, if your go-to is "I'm fat," as you joke in the chat, congratulations, I own a mirror. I'm well aware.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also,
1: well. also
3: be respectful. Don't be a That's dick.
0: Whatever, like it's not. No, it's all
3: right. Aware. If they're Pels fans and they come in and they're just <laughs> talking shit, then. Yeah, we just silence them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll silence we do have a mute you button. Watch from the fucking bleachers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at least it was a better game. We didn't win, but at least it was a better game. And uh, we'll try again on Saturday. We'll try again on Saturday. Oh, Thank you guys shit. for joining us. We appreciate you. The boys will have a show for you tomorrow at 3 p.m., so make sure to meet them. Right back here at the same place. If you can't hang out with us live, you can always listen wherever you get your podcast.
3: <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> Lindsay smith az. You can follow sol Saul at Saul underscore bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. and of course, you can follow Espo at Espo.
3: <laughs> Espo ain't about. fat; he's just
1: a little thick. <laughs> look, look, uh, New Orleans fans, your favorite player Zion. I thought you'd like me because I was fat. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>
3: And X though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo, saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. i all always wreck the family rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B always on the job. My team moved like the mob Turn the beat on.